Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, hour three. Hello, America. It is Eric Erickson here, the third hour of the program, the phone number 877-973-7425. I need to talk to you about some business news before we get back to phone calls. It's a free-for-all today. You can call in about stuff that's not on my topic, uh, but it is stuff you care about. Um, I do want you to know that uh, the barrel of West Texas crude is now at $92.24, up over 4%. Uh, Brent crude is up to $97.83, almost at $100. You should also know unemployment rate has fallen to 3.5%. Payrolls have risen by 263,000. The job market appears to be strong, but the problem is... Uh, The labor force participation rate has continued to decline, which means more people are actually giving up on even finding jobs and sitting the economy out. Now, I say all that, and I need to play you some audio. This is from Fox Business. What really gets me is this report out of the Federal Reserve. A study by three economists at the Fed of Dallas found that real wages have fallen for most workers over the past 12 months, and Americans have suffered the biggest pay cut in decades because of inflation cutting into those wages. Uh-huh. Uh, this is from CNBC. We know uh, that marginalized communities, that black and brown workers are the first uh, fired, the last hired. Um, and so when we're talking about potentially moving the country into a recession, we are talking about people who are hardest hit by inflation, paying the cost uh, of bri- driving inflation down by losing their job. This is economist Tyler Goodspeed on CNBC. I think it's important to remember that real wages have been declining. And if you look at the employment cost index, that's actually about 6% below pre-pandemic trend on a real basis. And so that incentivizes a lot of labor hoarding on the part of employers. And we saw a similar dynamic in the 1970s. More from him. If you look at the most recent month for CPI and you look at these measures of so-called core or underlying inflation, the trim mean, weighted median, sticky CPI, those are all showing an underlying inflation rate of 7 to 9 percent at an annualized rate. And when we look at this data for the job market, yes, the unemployment rate declined. It kind of declined for some not so great reasons in that those not in the labor force increased by about 230,000. And lastly, this is from MSNBC. Well, it could mean a lot less security. I mean, a lot of Americans have been looking at the stock market and seeing it slowly move downward throughout the course of this year. They're feeling uncertain about their 401ks, their retirement, the interest rate that they see on their houses. But there's one piece of the puzzle that if we go into a recession would change, and that is the job security that many Americans feel that's been a hallmark of this economic recovery and that the administration has pointed to time and time again as the singular statistic that means that the U.S. is not in a recession. But just this week, we saw that there are one million fewer job openings than there were the last time that the Labor Department reported that so-called JOLTS data. Uh, Just today, we learned that there are 29,000 more people applying for unemployment insurance. And tomorrow, we'll get another read on how many jobs were created uh, in the month of September. And that data is going to be critical about where exactly the economy stands, Chris. So many Americans have felt empowered to leave their jobs in search of new and better jobs and higher pay. And that security might go away if we go into a recession. Fox, CNBC, MSNBC, 
This is what people are dealing with. This is what people are dealing with in this country right now. The economy is headed towards a recession and crime as well as on the rise. I want to play you a soundbite. I didn't want to spend a lot of time on this today. I really did not. We've got calls on this issue. I know a lot of my listeners are in Georgia. There's so much other stuff to talk about, but I I, I want to play you this soundbite from Herschel Walker. Any of the mothers of your children? No. To ask why? Why not? Uh, why do I need to? Well, because according to the article, one the woman who says that you paid for her to have an abortion is also the mother of one of your children. It seems like that's that's an easy way because to... Because of the article, I had more kids. That's why I reached out to anyone, because I said no, and that's what I mean. When I said no, I, I said it's not correct. That's a lie. And that's what I mean. That's a lie. But if the let woman said that, yes, she, let me go to her. Thank you. You said that if this did happen, there's nothing to be ashamed of. How do you? Wait, I never that? said. I never you said, said that this morning on, on you. No, what show. I said, I was yeah. talking about something totally different than if this did happen. I said when I with my ex-wife in my past, nothing to do with what this woman said. So I said this. This here, the abortion thing is false. It's a lie. And that's what I said. I said anything happened with my ex-wife or what Christian was talking about. I don't know, but as I said, if anything happened, there's nothing to be ashamed of. Mike's wife and I have been the best of friends with her husband and my wife. So that's the things I've said. And I said nothing about if it did happen, because I said that's a lie. Let me go to somebody else. Let me go, let's go here. Let me go here, sir. Let me go here. Let me go here. Wait, let me go here. I'll put it to you. Okay. What's your reaction to people so close to you? Your son, a mother of your, of someone who says it's you, the mother of your kids saying that you're lying. What's your reaction to people so close to you saying don't trust you? Well, just like what I just said, the Democrat is desperate for this seat. This seat is important. They're, they're, they're very desperate for this seat. I love my family. I always love my family. I'm going to win this race. I know I'm going to win this race and stuff. Here the media scramble. The female reporters accepting at face value the accusation, refusing to let Herschel Walker walk away from it. Meanwhile, did you hear all the economic news? Did you hear all the economic news? And it's not just the economy, it's crime as well. It provides a lifeline to that campaign. It provides an opening to Republicans around the country. Let's let's step back away from Georgia. Let's look at Oregon, the state of Oregon. The Republican for governor there is 2.4 percentage points up in the polls. The Republican has won all of the last major polls because of crime. Because crime in Oregon has so destabilized it, even the progressives in Portland look like they're going to vote for this Republican who is a pro-choice, pro-abortion Republican because she has totally neutralized the abortion issue for them and has focused on crime and how crime is chasing away jobs and how Oregon has become destabilized. It's a message Republicans everywhere need to pay attention to. It's a message that Democrats need to pay attention to. It is a message that um, it deeply impacts people. I've just pulled up, for example, the uh, Atlanta Journal-Constitution website. Uh, Top story after Republican voters react to Herschel Walker turmoil is standoff underway between SWAT units and a murder suspect in Clayton County. Number Story number two, second arrest made in shooting death of Jefferson High football standout. Those are your big stories.
Those are the stories leading the news. Those are the stories that people are focused on. This provides Republicans a closeout argument. Uh, Blake Masters in Arizona had his debate last night with Mark Kelly, the senator from Arizona, who is the 50th vote in the U.S. Senate, who could block anything Biden does. Instead, he's been a reliable yes vote for Biden. And this is how Blake Masters summed it up. A few weeks ago, when the federal government cut Arizona's water allocation, 592,000 acre feet, for all you water nerds out there, that's a lot of water that the feds cut. That's our water. Guess how much California had to cut? Zero. Guess what Mark Kelly did about it? Nothing. I'm tired of Senator Kelly acting like the third senator from California. We need someone in there with sharp elbows who's going to fight for our water. Water is a big issue in Arizona. Where you live, it may not be. In Arizona, water is a very big issue. And Mark Kelly has done nothing to fight back against California, taking a lot of water. While Arizona's having to cut back, more and more Arizona's having to ration water. California doesn't even have the reservoirs California needs. And the environmentalists in California have been blocking California from expanding its water. And now here comes Arizona, which has done everything right, everything to conserve. Arizona's getting punished and Mark Kelly hasn't fought. These issues matter. They may not matter in your neighborhood, but they matter in places like Arizona. Crime matters across the country in so many neighborhoods. I don't care whether you're in Southern Pines, North Carolina, whether you're in Macon, Georgia, whether you're in Des Moines, Iowa, whether you're in Tyler, Texas, crime is becoming an issue across the country. Crime matters, and it's one that Democrats don't have an argument on. The economy continues to matter. The economy continues to slow down. The economy continues to cause problems. And Joe Biden, with oil prices going up now, we're headed back up to $100 for a barrel of oil. Gas prices are going to go back up. Joe Biden is wiping out the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. And when he tries to fill it back up, it's going to be too expensive. And what's his plan? To embolden the Venezuelans. Here's Peter Ducey on Fox News. President Biden seemed to confirm this Wall Street Journal report a little while ago that the U.S. may soon start buying oil from Venezuela as long as the Venezuelan president Maduro restarts talks with his political rivals about a free and fair election in 2024 in Venezuela. Yeah, here's more from Joe Biden himself. What's your reaction to the OPEC budget? Disappointment, and uh, we're looking at what alternatives you may have. There's a lot of alternatives we haven't made up our mind yet. There you go. Not sure what he's going to do. Oil prices are going up. Crime is going up. Inflation's going up. Interest rates are going up. Unemployment's only going down because people are dropping altogether out of the workforce. This is the closing argument for Republicans, while Democrats are fixated on abortion as their closing argument. Democrats are fixated on making this an election about abortions when people are worried about putting food on the table. People are worried about putting gas in their tank. People are worried about their economy and when a recession is hitting. There's so much there if Republican campaigns functionally operate competently, even a campaign like Herschel Walker's can get across the finish line. Despite a candidate who's got flaws, he's able to do it. Before I go to break, let me squeeze in a phone call here. Claudette's been waiting patiently. Claudette, welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you so much, uh, Eric, for taking my call. I just wanted to um, emphasize what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Um, Sean Hannity played a clip of um, Warnock's ex-wife, referring to him as an actor. She said she was trying not to say too much in public 
to protect her children. But now it's gone to the place where she has to say something. So I'm wondering why her her clip is not being aired. You know, um, you know like Republicans put cover. it into an ad, Claudette, and, and they haven't played that ad in wide circulation. The National Republican Senatorial Committee actually has that ad back out today. Uh, let's see here. Someone texted me this ad a little while ago. This is the latest from the National Republican Senatorial Committee making uh, headlines across Georgia today. There's a guy running for Senate who pretends to be a man, but the mother of his own children says he fails to provide for them. This guy has no problem with aborting babies who are inconvenient. And the worst part, this guy claims to be a Christian. His name? Reverend Raphael Warnock. Listen as Warnock's ex-wife reports him to the police. But I've tried to keep the way that he acts under wraps for a long time, and today he crossed the line. And he's a great actor. That's from the National Republican Senatorial Committee making waves. Uh, we'll see if they actually get it on the air in Georgia. They've got it online. Um, I think they're going to get it on air in Georgia. And uh, this will come back. But the Republicans need to focus on crime crime is an issue to persuade the suburbs that you got to hold your nose for the Republican you don't like and vote for them. In Arizona, it's the water issue for Blake Masters. Blake Masters continues to get closer and closer in the polls. Mark Kelly is expected to win it, but Blake Masters very well could win that race in Arizona. He could do it at a strong debate performance, and you will notice there's not a lot of coverage nationally in the media today about that debate performance. Why? Because Masters hit a home run. So winter is coming, and I got to tell you, I love the weight of the bull and branch sheets. I like them in the summer when it's hot and you don't want a lot of covers on you. But in the wintertime, they're just the perfect weight, the perfect, I don't know, smoothness. They're 100% organic cotton threads. They've got super softness. They get softer every time you wash them. They're just the drape when you're laying down and stuff. They're not. They're just perfect sheets. I love them. Uh, I am effusive with my praise for Bull and Branch, and I'm delighted to have them as an advertiser. Look, they're made from the highest quality threads. They got superior softness. They got over 25,000 rave customer reviews and counting. I'm one of them. The quality you can tell is great. They hold up well after all the washes I've put them through, and they just get softer. It doesn't matter what the thread count is. The fiber sucks, and you can tell they put a lot of great detail into the fibers they use. And look, Bola Branch gives you a 30-night risk-free trial with free shipping, returns on all orders. You're going to feel the difference. You're not going to want to send them back. The first 100% organic fair trade certified bedding company ever. They use 90% less water than conventional production, zero pesticides, other chemical chemicals toxic chemicals they don't use them it's just fantastic listen i'm effusive with my praise i love bull and branch try them for yourself and again you get a 30 night risk-free trial free shipping returns on all orders try the sheets that will make you fall for the coziest night sleep in the season where you want cozy sheets 15 percent off your first set of sheets free shipping when you use promo code eric e-r-i-c-k at bolandbranch.com that's bolandbranch b-o-l-l-a-n-d branch.com the promo code is eric trust me they're worth it we've got five bedrooms five beds bowling branch sheets on every bed this is another program brought to you by first liberty building and loan wherever you are nationwide if you want your business to grow reach out to first liberty they can help you if you're buying a building building a building expanding a franchise Buying a franchise, growing a franchise, $750,000 deals and up, reach out to them. FirstLibertyGA.com. Tell them I sent you. Let's see if I can squeeze in a phone call here. Simon, welcome to the show, Simon. How are you? Good. How are you? 
Good. What's going on? I just wanted to get your take on China opening a police station in New York. China opened a police station in New York. Yes, sir. Um, let's see. I'm Google. Okay, here we go. Yep. Washington um, Times. China. This is from the, the New York Post. Post. China has opened dozens of quote unquote overseas police service stations around the globe. Oh, I see what it is. Essentially, it's it's monitoring. Um, they're so they're not there to arrest people. They're there to monitor Chinese citizens. Here, here, I had heard about the story. I didn't realize they were calling them police stations. Here's what's going on. Uh, the operations issue official bilateral police and judicial cooperation, violate international rule of law, may violate territorial integrity in third countries, involving in setting up parallel policing mechanisms using illegal methods. The report titled 110 Overseas, Chinese Transnational Policing Gone Wild, details China's extensive efforts to combat quote-unquote fraud by its citizens overseas, in part by opening several police stations on five continents that have assisted Chinese authorities in carrying out police operations on foreign soil. Europe is home to most of the police stations, with locations spread around the continent in places like Amsterdam, London, Prague, Budapest, Athens, Paris, Madrid, and Frankfurt. There are also stations uh, with three in Toronto and one in New York City, there are 54 of them. The Chinese claim they're trying to combat fraud and telecommunications fraud by Chinese nationals living abroad, uh, running operations that have resulted in them being persuaded to return to China voluntarily to face criminal prosecution. The Chinese government has claimed the stations provide vital services to its citizens living abroad, though the report notes many of the services are those that would be traditionally carried out by an overseas embassy. Instead, the stations have been used to enhance China's overseas law enforcement against international law. We got one in this country, three in Canada, and the rest in Europe. The Chinese are not our friends. The Chinese are not even the friend of the Chinese people. The Chinese need to be restrained. But we can't really restrain them because Joe Biden is president and the Chinese know he's a joke. So they continue to expand around the world. They continue to pressure around the world. The Chinese really must at some point soon be contained or else there's going to be hell to pay. Interestingly enough, the Chinese are trying to get the Russians to back down in Ukraine. China's president is signaling, as is India's president, which had also been on Russia's side in Ukraine, that they are walking away from Russia, which is going to put further economic pressure on the Russians to do something. But this is really bizarre. We've, we're allowing the Chinese to set up a uh, quote-unquote police station in New York City to go after Chinese citizens in this country probably for without cause because they're speaking bad against China and the Chinese government is probably saying, hey, we know who your family is in China. Do you really want something bad to happen to those people? You need to come home. But also, we've allowed the Chinese to continue to buy up land in the United States. 
We've allowed the Chinese to buy land. We've allowed the Chinese to buy land next to military installations. Uh, DJI, which makes the, the Mavic drone and the Phantom 5 drone, I've got one of those. Uh, the U.S. government has just put them on a, a uh, trade ban list because they're essentially operating as spy tools of China. We need to crack down more and more, and we're not doing enough to crack down on the Chinese. It's not a good situation, and the Biden administration isn't taking seriously what must be done. Now, when we come back, it's a free-for-all today on the phones. I want to take your phone calls, 877 973 I want to take your phone calls, and I also want to talk to you about a story from New York City. What happens when the wokes and justice collide? A dog is dead in Brooklyn, and the whole world in Brooklyn is coming undone between justice and social justice. You can. It is a free-for-all on the phones today. You can call in and talk about all the topics that I haven't talked about that you wished I would. Ask questions about them, 877 877- Nine seven three seven four two five. Let's go back to the phones. They are open wide for you, Ricky. You're going to be up next. Welcome. How are you? How you doing, Eric? Good. Uh, you know, you know. As far as Herschel, I, I, I just haven't felt him from the beginning. I was wondering who he got running his campaign. All this nonsense should have been squashed in the beginning, uh, instead of uh, having it allowed to, you know, go out through the campaign, distract. From his message and that kind of thing, I, I I just didn't I didn't I looked at that and I didn't understand that. How come you know this stuff wasn't squashed in the beginning? Hey, I I had a mental issue when all this stuff came out. Uh, I've since healed from that, and you know y'all can just disregard that. I I, I didn't get it. Um, you know, a couple other points. You know, one thing you mentioned early, Democrats. I'm 66 years old. There's nothing that goes wrong in a Democratic administration. It's ever their fault. It's always somebody else's fault. The whole eight years of Obama, everything that went bad was Bush's fault. And and finally, on Fox News Sunday, I find it interesting. They're going to have, uh, 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 what's her name on there? Uh, the one running for governor in Georgia. Um, Abrams. Her name just, Abrams. They're going to have Stacey Abrams. I'm curious to see how she's going to tap dance around uh, Georgia's election. She never conceded the election, number one. Number two, that uh, 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 the election was a fraud. It was a, a, a hijacked and that she really won the election. You know, the same thing that they scream about Trump in the big lie. She's saying the same thing. And I, I, I'm just curious to watch and see how she tap dances around that. Well, you know, it, it's funny you should say that. Uh, let me play this audio. I've, I've kept this on file. I didn't know you were going to bring her up. I figured someone would. Y'all, get a load of this. Uh, this is Stacey Abrams on TV complaining about Brian Kemp being praised in the press. Stacey, Liz Cheney um, is fresh to the fight, if, if that's a good word to use, um, to protect and preserve democracy after voting for Donald Trump in 2020. Um, she saw enough after January 6th. She was in Arizona making the case that you cannot vote for Republicans if you care about democracy. Would that be helpful in your state? It would be. Unfortunately, and, and you've actually been incredibly thoughtful about this, but writ large, Brian Kemp has been lionized for simply not committing treason. We have yet to see anyone investigate what does it mean to 
just be lionized for the basics of doing your job. For 246 years, every other governor managed to not commit treason. Every secretary of state managed to not commit treason. But what he has done is be the architect of a voter suppression law that is already harming Georgians this year. 64,000 people have had their right to vote challenged, including groups, white supremacist groups who have used the Brian Kemp law to challenge the right to vote for black and brown voters across the state of Georgia. By the way, you should know a black federal judge threw out her claim and said that's not true. MSNBC, which calls everyone else out as as uh, misinformation and disinformation uh, and election deniers. They're, they're allowing an election denier to come on and peddle false claims, half-truths, distortions. And, but listen to her. She, the, she's so upset that Brian Kemp is being praised for well, and no one else has committed. Actually, Stacey, let's go back and listen to this one more time. Stacey, Liz Cheney um, is fresh to the fight, if, if that's a good word to use, um, to protect and preserve democracy after voting for Donald Trump in 2020. Um, she saw enough after January 6th. She was in Arizona making the case that you cannot vote for Republicans if you care about democracy. Would that be helpful in your state? It would be. Unfortunately, and, and you've actually been incredibly thoughtful about this, but writ large, Brian Kemp has been lionized for simply not committing treason. We have yet to see anyone investigate what does it mean to just be lionized for the basics of doing your job. For 246 years, every other governor managed to not commit treason. Every secretary of state managed to not commit treason. 246 years. Um, there was this little thing. She might not have heard of this little thing. It's called the Civil War. Maybe you've heard of it. I don't know. Um, Stacey Abrams says that none, none of these governors ever committed treason. What about the ones who supported the Confederacy? Uh, Joseph Brown was the governor of Georgia from before through to the end of the Civil War. Then there was James Johnson and Charles Jenkins. Um, you had military occupation of the state uh, during Thomas Ruger's attempt. Then you had a series of Republican governors of the state before the state flipped back. Let's see, who is uh, James Milton Smith was the governor during Reconstruction. Uh, he was entered the Confederate Army as a captain in the 13th Georgia Infantry, promoted to major, then to the re regiment's colonelcy in 1862. He led his regiment through the Gettysburg Campaign, marched to the banks of the Susquehanna River before returning to Gettysburg to participate was severely wounded and returned to Georgia. He resigned from the army to enter as a Democratic delegate to the Confederate Congress until hostility ceased. Was a lawyer, became Speaker of the Georgia House, and then became governor, symbolizing the redemption of the Democratic Party in Georgia. What? What? He called black people idle, thriftless, and always dependent on whites for everything. And Stacey Abrams says he did not commit treason. Stacey Abrams 
doesn't think any of these Confederates committed treason. Think about that. Think about that. She's accusing Brian Kemp of getting praise from the media for not committing treason and says no other governor of Georgia ever committed treason either. So why is he getting praise? Well, Stacy, he didn't join the Confederacy like some of the ones you're fine with. My goodness gracious, these are some broken, battered people. <sighs> okay, back to the phones we go. Susan, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show, Susan. How are you? Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, I'd just like to go back a few minutes when you're talking about Joe Biden and buying oil possibly from Venezuela. Um, something that I've read about Venezuelan oil, and I have a friend from Venezuela who tells me about this stuff too, is that their oil there is, is regarded as as well, it's sort of dirty in that it has a very high sulfur content and a lot of impurities that makes it much more difficult to refine, more costly to refine. And so in addition to propping up a, a oppressive regime in Venezuela, we're probably going to pay an arm and a leg for crappy oil. Um, when we have lots of great oil, you know. This is nice a oil. really good point, Susan. Uh, so let me explain this to people. What, what, what you're talking about here is uh, sour crude versus sweet crude. So Venezuela has not taken care of its oil fields. And the result of not taking care of the oil fields has allowed more sulfur content to leak into South uh, Venezuela's oil, which used to actually be a uh, pretty good oil. And it's become sour. Now, why do they call it sour? Well, West Texas crude, you heard of sweet crude? West Texas and Brent crude are sweet crude, meaning it doesn't have a high sulfur content. When oil does not have a high sulfur content, it is easier to refine. Not only is it easier to refine, you can refine West Texas crude and Brent crude, which comes from the North Sea. You can refine it at the same time because of the low sulfur content. Venezuelan oil, you can't refine with the other because you have to take extra steps to uh, purify it by stripping out the sulfur content. It's called sour crude because it doesn't play well with others. Uh, Venezuela, and you need to understand, this is a crisis of Venezuela where it used to have better crude capacity. It had better oil, but for a lot of reasons, it essentially allowed a deterioration of its oil fields, which caused the leaching of sulfur into the oil fields, which has caused it to become sour crude. So you can actually buy it cheaper. Here's, here's the catch. Sour crude is cheaper than sweet crude because nobody wants it. It's what we put in the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. The Strategic Petroleum Reserve is sour crude because you can buy it at a discount. The catch, however, is it's more expensive to refine. So it offsets the cheapness. The cheapness comes up front with the cost of the barrel of sour crude. It's cheaper than the cost of sweet crude. But the refining capacity, you cannot refine sour crude and sweet crude at the same time in the same refinery. You have to shut down the sweet crude refinery and start up the sour crude refinery, which also takes time. And then you have to shift back when the sour crude is refined. All of that comes with a cost component, and that cost component it causes the price to go up and causes the, the short-circuiting of the sweet crude processing. So it's not really a good deal there. That's what's going on here. That is what um, that's what uh, Susan is talking about. Um, now, let's jump back to the phone. Cindy, you're going to be the last caller today. Cindy, how are you? 
Fine, thank you. I just want to say you must be having good impact on Herschel Walker. He must be listening. I know today that he fired his campaign manager, but that's not it. That's the reason I called. No, 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 no. Um, he I didn't fire the campaign manager. He fired the Wait, political stop. director. I want to tell you this first. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt because I am the last caller. Um, <laughs> hey, you got call. time. You, you, got, you got time here. You can go slow. Okay. Well, the thing is, um, I donated to his campaign, right? I got a text message just a couple of minutes ago that was a detailed thing from him saying, um, explaining exactly what's going on as far as why they're attacking him. It's a long, long text message, but it's very effective. Saying, you know, because we're neck and neck, they've, um, Warnock has come out and done this personal attack against me. He even mentioned his book, and he highlighted, let me be perfectly clear, I never paid for anyone to have an abortion. It's a flat-out lie. And it, just, it was just really well-written. Good. Um, so I just wanted you to know that he really is coming back actively because if he reached out to me, I'm sure he's reaching out to thousands of people. Yeah, I, I sure hope that's the case and, and that it circulates well and gets in people's hands before people get to church on Sunday. Now, to clarify for you, Cindy, he, uh, the campaign did not fire the campaign manager. It was the political director. It was a young guy um, that was let go by the campaign over the weekend um, for various reasons, and they're definitely seem to be pushing back aggressively. And one of the things they're doing, and I'm glad you said that on the text message thread, because one of the things that they're doing is they're kind of flying under the radar in some of their responses. I still think the way you do campaigns typically is if you get a mail piece that's an attack, you respond by mail. If the attack comes from TV, you respond by TV. If the attack comes by radio, you respond by radio, et cetera. It's great for them to be texting all of their donors in Georgia and saying, here's the truth. That's great. You got the cell phone number, text it out. Give an explanation. But they also do need to be on TV. And the reason they need to be on TV is, again, and I hate to be repetitive, you got 27,962 people who refused to vote for president in 2020 who voted in 2020. They showed up at the polls. They cast votes. They wouldn't vote for president. Had they voted for Donald Trump, he would have won Georgia, but they chose not to. They didn't like either man. The Walker campaign just can't pull out the Republican base. He's got to pull those people out who are comfortable sitting on the sidelines and comfortable not voting. If the Walker campaign is able to get those people to come out and vote, he just might be able to turn the tide. Now, I am being told that there will be another big poll um, it has been in the field for the next, for the last couple of days. I'm going to be very interested to see what this shows. What I suspect is that Brian Kemp is going to exceed expectations in Georgia. Uh, Walker may, may not impress in the polling. But again, though, they got time to turn this thing around but they've actually got to work very aggressively and get the buzz going very hard, and they can pivot back to crime. If I were Herschel Walker, the only thing I would be saying for the next four weeks is Raphael Warnock is lying to me and attacking my family to avoid having to deal with what he and his policies have done to you and your family. From crime to your pocketbook, Raphael Warnock is not just attacking me, he's attacking you. And just say that over and over for the next four weeks and hope to win on the back of Brian Kemp's ground game in Georgia. Hi there. It is Eric Erickson across the nation. Uh, can I talk to you about something very random for just a moment, please? I'll get to this dog story. I'm going to put it in my stack of stuff to get to on Monday. There's a tech podcast called The Talk Show that I listen to. It's mostly about Apple stuff, but um, 
John Gruber, the host, was talking about this. Um, he, he, good guy. We disagree politically, but he's he's really, really good on tech stuff. And, and he was talking about uh, streaming problems. And, you know, there was this football game last night, the Broncos. And, and uh, who was it? Was it the Colts and the Broncos that were playing last night? I didn't get to see it because I had an event, but it was a disastrous game. And people were walking out of the stadium. It was going into overtime, and people were just giving up on the game. But it was on Amazon. A lot of people didn't see it. Um, you can go on Friday nights to Apple TV Plus, and Apple's done a terrible job there because you have the Apple TV app. You have the Apple TV box. You have the Apple TV Plus premium service. It's all very confusing. Netflix really doesn't have a lot of sports. You got the Paramount streaming service, the Apple streaming service, the Amazon service, the Hulu service, depending on what you want. Then, of course, you've got the plethora of stuff on ESPN. And remember with cable TV, if I wanted to watch the hockey game on channel 101 and then flip over to the football game on channel 258, all I did was press the previous channel button during the commercial break and in an instant it went back. With our current streaming services for sports, I've got to get out of one app, go to the next app, let that app start back up, uh, buffer everything and reload. There's no ability to switch instantly. Now, in some cases, if I watch, for example, I have what's called FUBU. There's also YouTube TV. I can watch multiple channels in four boxes and switch between them, but only if those cable services over the Internet provide the option to be able to do it. Otherwise, I've got to go from app to app to app to app. I've got to have a subscription for each of the apps. Cable seems to be easier Cable over the internet is easier than looking through and trying to navigate these individual standalone services. Apple wants you in the Apple TV Plus app. Amazon wants you in the Prime app. Hulu wants you in the Hulu app. ESPN wants you in the ESPN app. The Apple and the Amazon and the Hulu don't come through a cable TV package. Many of the ESPN things do, but it's all very complicated and not just for senior citizens, for everyone, middle-aged and young, because the switching between the apps, the delay of the apps, the buffering, all of that degrades the experience of watching live sports. All of these services got into live sports because they thought they could build a greater base of subscribers for who wanted to tune in for the NFL game or the baseball game or the hockey game. And the services suck when it comes to delivering live sports. It's burdensome, expensive, inconvenient. Your five bucks becomes 50 bucks when you get all the services. Some people still pay for the cable package because they got to be able to jump through. Or you get the FUBU or the YouTube TV packages, which can be expensive on top of the extra streaming services that you're getting that don't integrate with those services. This is not the way it should be. This is not good. It's not a good service. It precludes too many people from accessing the services. They're not all very easy to navigate, and they're so proprietary and exclusive and don't play well with the other stuff. The major league sporting networks, whether it's NBA or NHL or uh, Major League Baseball or NFL, they are hurting themselves by cutting deals with streaming services who offer an inability to switch efficiently during commercial break to other things people want. And in trying to capture the audience to not leave the service, all they're doing is making people mad and they're going to give up on the service because it's not worth my time to watch a bad football game on Amazon Prime on Thursday night when I can't even hop around to other stuff during commercial breaks to see it. Clearly, there's a future, but this is not a future. This is the hell halfway between the future and now.